Thanks, Marianne. That's beautiful, huh? Good morning. How's it going? All right, good to see you. We're going to be in Luke today. Luke chapter 2. And uh, it'll be later on when we read from that. Uh, there's some other verses we'll show, share before that. I just, tell, I, I just love you guys. I love being here. I love uh, sitting next to you and saying hi and getting to see what's going on in your lives. Um, unfortunately, we can't all do that all the time, can we? It's kind of hit and miss, but uh, I, sure, I sure love that. <clears throat> I love the fact that we, uh, we're a family, and uh, it's important to be part of each other's lives. Um, yesterday, we, uh, it's been a busy week, but yesterday was uh, Luke Sanders' memorial service, and uh, Ross and Donna had asked me to, to share a thank you to all of you for your prayers and your support and your encouragement, um, just your love during this time. And, uh, and yesterday's service was just an amazing, amazing time. Uh, it's, it's so refreshing to be able to come to a service where someone was a believer who, who knew Jesus and the people in their family know Jesus and uh, to see the impact they had on people's lives. And then um, it, it, just, it was just special. I want to share a story from that. We, uh, we got done with the service and, and I, was, I was leaving. It was about 1230 yesterday. And I, was, I was leaving out of the parking lot in the car and there was a guy standing on the edge of the road on this side and he just kind of was, what is going on? looking around, and, and he flags me down and, and stops me and said, is today Sunday? <laughs> like, it might, he, he, thought, he thought it was Sunday, and in my mind, I'm like, well, I, kind of, I guess, yeah, it's kind of a church service. I said, no, it's, it's Saturday today, but, but it really was. I, I felt like, you know, when a memorial service feels like a church service, that's, that's what it's all about, eh? It's, uh, it's just good stuff, it, and uh, it, it was a blessing to be there and a blessing to see uh, the family and, and be a part of that day. And, and to see the legacy that will continue to go on because of Jesus, right? And that's, and that's what it's all about. So on behalf of the Sanders family, uh, I thank you. They thank you. Uh, and we are an amazing family together in that. All right. How many of you are gardeners? How many? Gardener. There's a gardener, a couple of gardeners. Yeah, you like to garden, right? Um, my father-in-law has a, has a green thumb. He loves to plant a big garden. And for vegetables, right? Some of you like to do flowers. Uh, he, he always said that the time to plant is when Black Butte doesn't have snow on it anymore. Is that the rule? That's, that sounds like a good rule. And a couple weeks ago it had snow, so hopefully he didn't plant before then. But uh, yeah, he, he loves to garden. It's a lot of work. Gardening is a lot of work. Uh, I, I love the fruit of the garden, you know, as, whether it's vegetables or flowers, it's, it's great to see. My daughter loves, loves, loves flowers. She loves uh, to, to just pick any flowers, and if it's, even if it's, of course, dandelions, right? It doesn't matter if it's a flower, it's a flower, and she brings it to us and wants to take it inside and put it in a little vase. But, but making a garden that just produces a, a fruit is, is a lot of work. Uh, my neighbors have a beautiful flower garden. They are retired. And I, I come to work in the morning, and of course, it's, they're out early because they get up early, but it's also cool early. And they are out there almost every single day in their garden, in their flower beds, weeding and picking things and making sure that, that the squirrels didn't hit something or adjust something or, you know, like they're making sure their sprinklers are checked. They do a great job with their garden. Um, it was actually punishment for my brother and I. My mom would say, you know, if we got in trouble, you, okay, go weed the garden. No, and it, it got to that point where it was, it was so tedious of a punishment for her that it stopped being a punishment on us. Because we just we could we did not do it. It's a lot of work, and and you know really 
I, we love the fruit of gardens, right? We love the, the flowers. We love the vegetables. Um, but getting to that point is difficult. And, and a lot of us would say, mm, no, you do it. I'll, I'll just watch. You know, our faith is like that. The soil of our heart needs to be taken care of, needs to be tilled so that we can produce a fruit, so that we can be beneficial for those around us, that we could be on our A game. And today, as we, as we go into our, our study, uh, I want us to look at some keys that will help you and I grow spiritually, some things in our life that we can do to grow spiritually. It's not easy thing. It's not, these are not easy things, right? Uh, it's not easy to, to make a garden that produces lots of good fruit and beautiful garden, right? It's not easy to grow in our faith and easy to set aside time necessary to do that either. But it is rewarding and it's necessary, I believe, okay? So before we get started, can we pray? All right, let's pray. God, you are so great, and we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for guiding us and directing us. We thank you for your word and how, uh, how impactful it is for us. And God, if we, if we aren't looking there, then we're looking to the dark. God, illuminate our hearts with your word. Show us how you want us to grow and how you want us to stretch. God, it reveals us the priorities in our lives that we need to rearrange or, or reaffirm so that it lines up with you. Empty us now of ourselves and fill us up with your spirit as we, move, as we move forward. And we pray in Jesus' good name. Amen. All right, so we know it's hard work, and it's going to be hard work to, uh, to grow in our faith as well. So here's some keys, right? Number one, first, first key, if you want to grow in your faith, be more concerned with the heart than with appearances. Amen? Uh, Jesus is all about the heart. It's not about what you look like or, or how good you are at uh, looking the part or, or acting the part. It is, it is 100% Jesus wants your heart. He wants to make sure that your heart is in line and in check with his and that there's nothing missing there and that your motives are pure and that your, your desire is pure and, and you're with him. Okay? Uh, in Samuel, we see a scripture, I think. Mike, you got that scripture for me? No problem. Just go ahead and double-click that first one, please. There we go. Nope, Hebrews. First Samuel. Mike is serving today as a sub. He's an amazing guy, by the way. He, uh, he, got, off work at, he got off work at 6 a.m. this morning, and he's there. So I, if he fell asleep, I'd still be saying he's awesome. Right? <laughs> Thank you, Mike. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or his stature because I have rejected him. Man does not see what the Lord sees, for man sees what is visible, but the Lord sees the heart. You know, it's so true in culture that we, we tend to, to try to make ourselves appear to be a certain way for people, right? We aren't fooling God at all. We, we are never fooling God. We only can fool people and ourselves. But ultimately, God says, I, I just want your heart. I'm looking into the heart of the matter. What? What you're doing or how you're acting like on the outside, if you're, if you're a hypocrite or not, you know what? It comes from the heart. So we need to be impressed with God's desire on us to love from the heart, to give from the heart, to serve from the heart, because everything starts in the heart. You know, it's, it's interesting. Like in, the, in, in the heart is where our, our priorities begin as well. Uh, priorities need to be checked and rechecked and balanced always at the heart. We tend to kind of start just going, going through the motions and we check off the boxes pretty easy. Um, I, I said, last, I think it was last week, I talked about the importance of, of be, being careful about saying yes to something because saying yes to something means you may say no to something that's more important. You remember that? 
Like, we may say no to something more important if we say yes to this. And I told you last week that my wife and I, like, we had to be so, like, together on things. Like, almost every day we had to check our schedule, what's going on. Is everything okay? Are we, are we balanced out? Is it this about the kingdom? Or is this about selfish desires? What, what are we doing? And, and it, was, it was good. It was good to be there because it's a heart check every day. This week got crazier. It was like every two hours we're having to stop, pause, think, is this important? What's important? What's the best thing? We have to adjust something or, or not adjust something? And it was, it was a, a great test this week of living on the fly for the purpose of God but living from the heart and setting our heart in the prior, on the priorities of Jesus. Did we, did we do it right, perfectly? No. But we tried the best we could, right? We were focused on that. Instead, we could have just gone through the motions and, and maybe been lazy when we should have been active or we, we should have been present in someone's life and, and uh, maybe we decided to not and we were present in, in our lives instead. Um, you know, setting up priorities is really important. Now, that looks different for everybody, and I get that. The, the priorities that, that God set on our family this week may not have been the same for you. Your priorities may, may have been the complete opposite. But, but checking them and seeing, God, is this what you have for me today? Is this what's important for me today? Because it, it comes from the heart, and God wants us to, to live from the heart uh, and love from the heart. Here's a scripture out of Isaiah 29, 13. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their, their hearts are far from me. See, we can give God a lot of lip service. We, we can tell him kind of, here's what you want to hear, God. And he, and he knows the heart. He's like, your hearts are far from me. He says their worship is made up of only rules taught by men. See, we can get in that rut where we just please people and look good on the outside. Like, oh, I have it all together. It's all going good. It's great. Not always going to happen. But God wants our heart. He wants to know that our hearts are ready to receive what he has for us. That our hearts are what is our focus. And when I get up in the morning, I can check my heart and say, God, where's my heart today? What's my motive in doing this action or not doing this action? And does it line up with what you have set up as a priority or motive in my, in my life? If we want to grow in our faith, it takes work, but it takes checking our heart every day. You know, the soil of our heart can get dry and dusty and full of weeds. Or the soil of the heart could be tended and cultivated every day through prayer and, and discipline, Right? And God, and God would bear fruit out of that heart. That's what he wants is the heart. Number two, if you want to grow in your faith, it's important that you understand you don't know everything. You don't know everything. Uh, this is a tough one, and I uh, check this verse out in, in uh, Proverbs 10. It said, the wise in heart accept commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. How, do you, how many of you know a chattering fool? Someone just keeps on talking and talking. Only three of you know a chattering fool? Uh, I, I'm right here. You can just raise your hand, right? I, I tend to be like that sometimes. I, you know, I, my brother and I, I'll, I'll go to Montana. We'll be talking about construction or building this. or We always have a project that we want to do together. Almost every time we go up there, we're designing homes or designing something. And, and so the question comes up, and oh, what about this? And, and I'll start throwing out there, oh, yeah, that's the connect the beam to the spike in the girder belt and then I have to stop I'm like I have no idea what I'm talking about <laughs> okay that's what we do right and so stop and that's that's the first step is admitting that you don't know the second step is maybe maybe starting that earlier and that's what I'm trying to do I'm starting to admit that I don't know way earlier 
than just going through it and pretending I do, right? And the best thing is when two young boys, you know, brothers, don't know the answer, what do you do? You ask your dad. Uh, hey, dad, what's going on? Or you just Google it now today, right? You just put it in Google. What's the answer? And it comes up. By the way, you can't uh, believe everything you hear on the Internet. So you can believe your dad, but not the Internet. Uh, you have to admit you don't, know, uh, you don't know everything. You have to understand you don't know everything. Uh, and this chatter we're talking about is, is not, it's not someone just who talks a lot, because I obviously fit in that category too. But it's the person who, who continues to talk and, and talks and talks and talks to keep from submitting to authority. It's a person who continues to talk so they don't have to let somebody else teach them. That's what we're talking about. Now, I know I fit into that category at times, and I know some of you do as well. We have to be quiet at times, and we, we have to, to be ready to, to hear from people and be taught. And, and here's something to understand. Listen, even though you, uh, you may not have the answer, God does. Okay? And, and maybe you're smart, but you're not God. Check this verse out in Isaiah chapter 55. For as, high is, or for, for as heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than yours and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Amen, Amen right? I, I say this all the time. You cannot put God in a box. As soon as you put God in a box and as soon as you can explain God, then you're God. See, God, God by nature should be unable to be explained. By his creation. Now we, we can fathom some of who God is and what he is and, and what he wants from us. But we'll never be able to wrap our minds fully around God Almighty. Amen? Amen. Are you okay with that? Yes. I am too because I, I want him to be God. And I want him to tell me what I should do. And, and one day there will be a day where we are face to face and we are fully known and we fully know. And we'll have the answers like why are there mosquitoes? Right? I just, it, it's okay. How, how is there a, the Trinity, right? How does the Father and Son and Holy Spirit all coexist and be co-equal as God, as the Godhead, right? As the one true God. I, I mean, we can give you all kinds of like, an egg has three parts and, you know, H2O can be water, liquid, or gas, you know, or, or liquid, gas, or solid. But it, we don't really understand that, do we? We can't totally, totally grasp that. And that is okay. Understanding you don't know everything is super important. To growing in your faith because it helps you submit so let's just do a little test are you a good student three little things here that, that I think are important to being a good student I'm sure there's lots of others okay but let's let's just test are you a good student first do you have a willingness to learn just write that down am I willing to learn if you're not wanting to write that down maybe you're unwilling to learn I don't know right but if you're a note taker am I will am I willing to learn am I okay submitting to the authority of someone else that may, may be better at this than I am. Second thing you can test yourself with. Do I have a desire to study and to think, to, to, to figure it out? Am I going to dig up the research on it so I can, I can find it out? I mentioned Googling it, right? I, I tell you what, I hate smartphones, but I love smartphones. Uh, you know, I hate that, that it can suck people into it and there's meaningless just garbage on it that occupies lots of time and, and lots of really important things. But at the same point, I love the fact that I can check the ballgame score right now, right? Or if I have a question, I just look it up. I mean, I can speak to my phone and it'll look it up. And, and, and that's good, but you can't trust Wikipedia, the first thing that comes up on there, okay? 
You can't just say that's the answer. You've got to be willing to study. Put some effort into it. That's what a good student does. Let's check more sources. If you're looking at the Bible, don't just trust on your footnotes in your Bible because this theologian is the best. Cross-reference it. I love when I can, on my desk. And there are days you come in you've seen me. My computer's wide open. I've got a book here, a Bible here, a Bible here, a book here, a Bible here, a book here. And I'm just cross-referencing it all, right? Yes, I know there are programs for that. Yes, I know there are apps for that. I just like paper, right? And it's, it's fun reading all types of different commentaries and kind of getting a full perspective on what's going on because I want to study. I want to be a good student. I don't want to be just a student of somebody. I want to be a good student of the Word, right? So it's important to be a good student and to think through things. The last thing is this. Are you ready to take the time necessary? Are you ready to take the time necessary? If, you, if something's important, you take the time to do it. I told you my neighbors are in their yard every day. And it's like from morning when I leave until I go home for lunch, they're, they're in their yard. And usually at lunch, when I leave to go back to work, they're kind of sitting down, drinking their iced tea on the front porch by then. But they've put a lot of time into it. Are you willing to put the time and effort into it to grow in your faith? Now, obviously, you're here today, right? You're taking time out of your day to be here. At the same point, our summer hours schedule, we, we've encouraged you to go to Bible study and to be involved. And I know that extends time. And sometimes it's not always, it won't always fit for families and, and schedules. I get that, right? But if you can... Take the time. Go, go get involved. Get connected in a group, in a Bible study. Learn more. Get, submit to the authority of a teacher and learn. Be a good student. Okay, those are three thoughts for being a good student. I know there are other, others as well. Um, let's go to number three. Third key to growing in your faith. Open the book. Open the book. Not, not a book. Open the book. I say it's the book because this is the only book that's divinely inspired. It's the only book that, that contains the heart of God. That when we read it, it it's, it's living and active, Scripture says it. It sinks right to the heart. And, and God has this awesome way about giving us exactly what we need when we need it. And when you get that, keep reading. Keep reading. Because this is the source. If we want to get to the heart, this is the way to do it. Check out what the writer of Hebrews says. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and effective, right? Some say active. It's living and effective. Effective for what? It says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as to divide soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Here's what it's effective for. It is the judge of the ideas and thoughts of the heart, right? It's the heart. If you want to change your heart, remember that was step one? If you want to change your heart, challenge your heart, check the priorities of your heart, open the book. This is going to help you do that. Read this. And I, and I know, you know what, I think most of us in this room would say, it's, it's so important to me, that, that the Bible is so important to me, it's a, it's a word of God. And if I had a debate with a family member, I mean, I would go to the grave over that, even if my Bible was on my nightstand and, and had dust on it. I get that, right? We would say it's the authority. But, but discipline requires us to open it. Growth requires us to read it and to learn and to grow. Listen, we all have jobs. We all have important things to do. We all have busy schedules. I know that. We need to do the best we can to be renewing our mind in God's word as often as we can. There is power in that that you will receive that it's just a cyclical thing that we start, we start something awesome in it and, and God continues to, to bolster in us a passion and excitement and a, and a pure heart. And then we read more and it gets better and it just it continues to be an outflow. And, and life doesn't seem so stressful anymore because our lenses that we're looking at the world through come from Scripture. 
and there's clarity in the decisions we make. And we can make quicker decisions with less stress because of God's word affecting our judgment. So it's the source. If you want to grow, you've you got to open the book. Now, maybe you don't have a clue where to start. It, it really, I mean, it's as English as it is, it looks Chinese to you. Ask somebody. Ask a Sunday school teacher. Ask a, someone at church uh, on Sunday morning. Ask me. Call. Figure it out. Get a translation that is, that, that is good translation, but it also you can read it well. Ask. People say, start in the Gospels. Start with Jesus. Yeah, that's great. Start with Jesus. I have a book. I have a, um, a, a resource, if you're ever interested. It's, called, uh, the, it's a book called The Story. It was a, um, a project Max Licato was involved with, and it really is a, uh, a 31-chapter book that takes us from Gen- Genesis to Revelation, hitting the highlights, the big stories. Uh, it is basically all Scripture with a little bit of uh, commentary, just a little bit of commentary in between passages that don't just run right together. So it kind of clarifies why it's going from this place to this place. Super, super good. We, we did a Bible study with it last year uh, at a walk-in Bible study on Wednesday nights, uh, or maybe the year before. It was really great. It, it, it's, it's one of those things that would help kind of this come together. So it, it's a resource to use alongside of it. It, it, it. If you want a copy of it, let me know. Uh, we bought several of them. Um, they went on sale for like five bucks a piece. So it's a great resource. Something I'm, I might be considering us to use that as the church maybe next year or something, go through the whole thing for 30, 31 weeks and get a really good perspective of of the totality of Scripture and how it really, it does tie together and how Jesus is uh, from, from Genesis to Revelation and, and how, it's, uh, how it's our hope and our source. But we've got to open it and we've got to read it. So there are resources out there for you, okay? Open the book. Uh, our, heart growth, our heart growth correlates with our time in the book. Uh, Psalm 119.7, great verse 2. I will praise you with a sincere heart when I learn your righteous judgments. See, praise comes out of, I praise with a sincere heart because I learned your judgments. I, I learned them and I, I studied them and I read your book. So a, re, a response, a heart response comes from reading the book. All right, number four. If you want to grow in your faith, number four is this. Seek out mentors and teachers. Now this is, this is where we're in Luke chapter two, if you want to turn there with me. I'm going to read the a significant part of this uh, passage from 41 through 52, and uh, then we will uh, look at one of the verses and kind of break it down. So this is Jesus. He's a young, he's a young boy. He's about 12 or 13. Uh, he's kind of that bar mitzvah age, right? And uh, his family goes to Jerusalem. They leave, and they, they don't know where he is. They kind of lose track of Jesus, and that's the story. So we're picking up in verse, uh, chapter, chapter 2, verse 41, uh, the book of Luke. It said, every year his parents traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom of the festival. After those days were over, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents did not know it. Assuming he was in the traveling party when uh, they went a day's journey. Then they began uh, looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple complex, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. And all those who heard him were astonished at his, ans- at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He, a- he asked them. Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? 
but they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother kept all these things in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with people. Now, I know this is Jesus, and he's, he's our example, and I know that he's God, so we, we, we're kind of like, oh, are you using a good example here, Brandon? But I think I am. See, Jesus sought out teachers. He sought out to be a student. He sought out to learn. And there are things we can learn from Jesus' example as he did that as well. I want to bring this up in this passage. Uh, there's, there's a few things to point out. Luke 2, 46 and 47. Um, Jesus, he, he listened to them. First one. So if you want, in a mentor relationship, it's super important that we have conversations. They're going to spark more conversations and that uh, we put ourselves in positions to be taught the things of faith. All right? We need to put ourselves in positions to be taught the things of faith. How do we do that? What should be a part of those conversations? Well, these are, these are those three things I want to show that should be a part of that. There's, I know there's more, but three things that should be a part of those. Number one is listen. Jesus listened to them. You might be that person, you, you certainly know those people, who are in a conversation and you're talking to them and you, you see the wheel spinning, or maybe you're that person, the wheels are spinning as someone's talking to you and you're kind of trying to get your response planned and how you're going to attack that, you know, come in, okay, I'm going to flank this person. And you're not even listening anymore. You're just waiting for them to stop so you can begin. And you may even inter- interrupt, right? That's not the kind of person we ought to be if we want to be teachable. If we have, our, have ourselves around us teachers and mentors, we need to be quiet. We need to listen. At least let them finish their thought and have actually listened to it. Gentlemen, this is super important also in our relationships with our wives. Right? Listen. Listen. Right, women? Amen? Yeah. Yes, that's true. It, we, we have to be in that place where we can, we can just listen, take in what's being said, think about a response, and then respond. But that, that's being a good student. Now, that's with a relationship with anybody, really, right? As we have a relationship with mentors, as we have a relationship with teachers, we're submitting to their authority. Let them teach. Let them teach and listen. Take it in. I loved going to college. I mean, I hated it, but I loved it, right? But I loved going to college because I could just take notes and notes and notes. And, and I, I love lecture. That's what I love. And obviously, I love to lecture, right? No, I, lo- I loved listening to lecture because I, I had a notebook that I just note, 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 note. And I, that was my whole class in a notebook. And I could study from that. And I could uh, get, get good grades on quizzes because of that. I just I put the effort into it. But listen, just listen. And then when you don't know the answers, you do, you're kind of curious, can you explain that better? What, what does he do? He says, ask them questions. So you listen and then ask questions. Your teachers, your mentors, the people that, are, that you're putting in authority over you to teach you, know that you don't have all the answers. They know that they don't have all the answers. They expect you to ask questions. And if you have questions that you need to have answered, ask those questions. Some people spend a lot of their lives with questions they never get answered because of their pride. They're too proud to go ask that question They're too, or too ashamed to ask that question, which really is, it stems from pride. Figure it out. It, it, the answer to that might blow your mind. It might change your whole life and your whole attitude and your whole response to things. If you have a nagging theological, biblical issue or question, ask it. Please ask it. If you don't have a friend that you think can answer it, call the church. I'll I'll try to direct you to someone that has the answer if I don't. 
ask your questions. It's great to ask questions. And that's why it's so good to be in Bible study together. You know, if you, if you get involved in a Bible study this summer or during uh, Sunday morning, it's a smaller group of people, right? You're five, six, eight, ten people. You have the opportunity to ask questions. We can't all ask questions right now. Okay? And as we go through the summer, we're going to start, we're gonna start a new series July, July 10th. And uh, it, it, you should look for more on that. It's going to be a really cool thing. But on Sunday nights, on July 10th, we're going to start a Sunday night time where you can come and ask questions about the sermon. We can go a little deeper into it. We want you to ask questions. It's about being a good student, right? It's about learning things. So Jesus, he listened, then he asked questions, and then he gave answers. See, the mentor and the teachers asked him questions, and he gave answers. I know some of you are the quiet learners, but you need to be able to give an answer because your answer might be wrong. And if, if your answer is wrong, you want to know that. So you can change your answer. You can change your viewpoint. You can change your perspective and get it right. If you want to grow in your faith, you've got to seek out mentors and teachers. Amen? Amen. All right. Last one, number five. This is a tough one. If you want to grow, you need to be willing to accept criticism. You just all checked out, huh? You're like, mm-hmm. Okay, sure. You didn't write that down in your notes. Number five, willing to accept criticism. Check the scripture out. Proverbs 27. The wounds of a friend can be trusted or are trustworthy. But the kisses of an enemy are excessive. Excessive or, or they're, they're deceitful, some translations say. What it means is the people that tell you what you want to hear all the time are not your friends. But the people who are your friends are the ones who are brave enough and strong enough to stand up and say, listen, you might have an issue here. Or listen, you might want to check yourself on this. I, I want to just, I want to, I want to stress the importance of being in fellowship. I want to stress the importance of, of not only Sunday morning, but being in like-minded relationships with the believers. You see, I, I want friends in my life Friends like the wounds of a friend, right? I want friends in my life from my church who love Jesus, who love the word of God, who love me and my family and have my best interest in heart. I want the freedom to have a relationship with people that are like-minded so I can rest and be at ease with them. We're around the world all the time. But having like-minded friendships are valuable beyond any comparison. So being a part of this church family is so important. And I, and I get some people come late, some people leave early. I get that, that we have different personalities. But a lot of you, some of you come early so you can have those relationships. And some of you will stay late after the service because you have those relationships and want to continue those. And some of you that do come late and leave early have relationships outside of here. And you, you have, you've kept people at arm's reach, but, but some people you've brought in and you have these, these friendships that you can, you can keep tight. It's so, so important for believers to have close friendships with people that are like-minded. It sets you at ease. It keeps you on the same page. But when push comes to shove, what you know is that their criticism or their wounds that they can inflict on you are trustworthy. Now, I think that we can wound each other sometimes and, and maybe do it the wrong way. 
And I think that someone coming and criticizing you about something should be listened to and thought about and prayed through, especially if it's someone that's trustworthy and a friend, right? We'll call it a friend, someone that's like-minded in the body, right? I've, I've known Christians who have those types or almost have those types of relationships or, or should have that relationship with that person because they're, they're a brother who loves them. And they sit, one friend comes and says, hey, listen, you're messing up right now. This is what you're, how you're messing up. Ah, I don't know about that. De- defensive, right? You get defensive. Another brother comes up and says, hey, you might check this out. You're messing up like this. Ah, no, no, you're seeing things. Then another brother comes up and says, oh, you're messing up on this. Oh, no, you're not. I'm not. I'm good. How many does it take? Listen, if, if one, two, three, four of my like-minded friends who I consider valuable and gospel-centered and, and about the kingdom of God come up to me and say, Brandon, you're messing up. I'll probably be like, man, I'm probably messing up. Because I trust those people. But it's important to have developed that trust and develop those relationships. This is the family of God. Is it messy? Yep. But it is the benefit of all benefits to be a part of this. To be able to to be in like-minded relationships that we center our lives and our purpose and our families on the gospel of Jesus Christ. That when someone comes and says you're messing up, they are concerned about the kingdom of God and the God's blessings on you. We ought to be about our father's business as Jesus was, right? I want to be about that. And if I'm not, I want somebody who's like-minded to tell me and to reveal that. So if you want to grow in your faith, you've got to be willing to accept criticism. Criticism is, is a necessary part of growth, right? It's constructive criticism when it's done correctly and when it's done from people who are like-minded. It's, but it's so important to be involved in fellowship. <clears throat> our, our growth has to do with our advancement of the gospel through our lives. See, God is going to do something through us to advance the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth. I want to be about that. I want friends who are about that. And when I'm not being about that, I need to be willing to receive criticism. We need to start putting the time and effort in to our own lives, to our own faith, so that we grow. Is it hard work? Yeah. My neighbors are, I don't know, they're in their 80s. And they are on their knees, hands and knees, at least four times a week for their garden. It's beautiful. What, what's our commitment going to look like to the garden that is our heart that's about the kingdom of God? Would you grow with me? All right, let's stand together and pray. Father, I ask that you would humble our hearts, that we would humble ourselves. We come under your authority to to let you teach us, correct us, and guide us. We would learn from your word. God, you just impress upon our hearts every day your priorities, and that we would do the the very best we can to line them up with our heart. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this body. We thank you for the fellowship that we share, the like-mindedness that we share, 
in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us to be about the business of the king. Be about the business of our father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as we close today, it's, as always, our opportunity to respond in worship and in praise to our Lord and Savior Jesus. And uh, if you need prayer for something, I'll, I'll be up front to pray with you. If you just, you just want to praise, praise where you're at. Pray where you're at if you want to. Grab a friend if you need to grab a friend because we're the family, right? Whatever God's leading you to do right now, you just respond as we sing. <laughs>